how long did you use YouTube before you realized that there was an option for you to become a partner and to actually profit off of the ad portions? When did you find that out? Probably, I'd say a year ago. Okay. A year ago. My first year, I didn't know. I, I knew you could, but I didn't know how easy it was. Bad gum, boy, you got you a blow. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello again. Welcome back to the show. It is Wednesday, May 5th, 2016. Very excited for this episode today. I've got my good friend, longtime friend, family friend, play cousin, Jesse Porter, uh, here with me today. He made a trip out to California to see his younger sister graduate from Pepperdine. We're all proud of you, Grace. Special shout out to Grace Porter. And Jesse now lives in Atlanta, Georgia. He is a media mogul, a digital media mogul. And I don't use that phrase lightly. Um, he has created for himself, uh, let's, let's just say, a, a six-figure income um, as a content creator on YouTube. And we've all heard stories about the YouTubers that get millions of hits and make a lot of money. And it seems out of reach. It seems like you kind of have to get lucky or, you know, strike gold and stumble upon something, uh, a viral video or a crazy concept. But really, it's not true. And he has developed a formula, a duplicatable formula, to consistently get traffic to his YouTube channels. And it's really incredible. Uh, I was out, actually out in Atlanta visiting my brother's um, school that he's going to be attending um, here in a few months. And I visited Jesse, and he showed me what he was up to. Gave me some quick pointers, and I was amazed. I was truly amazed by what he had stumbled upon and what he had built, and that was last year. And since then, he has grown exponentially, and he's going to tell you uh, exactly how many views he's getting per month. And it's, it's an incredible story. Uh, it's an inspirational story. And the fact that we've been friends since birth makes it that much more special and, and that much more real. Um, he drove out here all the way out to the desert to see me and to meet my new baby and to visit our home and just bless us with his presence. So I'm very excited to share uh, his story with you. Um, you can check out his media group, Futra media.com that's f-u-t-r-a futra media m-e-d-i-a futra media.com check them out on instagram at futra media uh, check them out on twitter like he says j just google them just google futra media and, and see what they're all about 
Uh, if you're in the Atlanta area, um, he can do productions for your business, for your brand, for your company, um, for your product. They do photography. They do videography. They do web design. Basically, the full, the full suite of digital media products he can offer to you and to your company. Um, he's also done some behind-the-scenes work with the Atlanta Hawks. He's a very accomplished young man. Uh, he's a very innovative entrepreneur. He's got great energy. Uh, he's super tall. <laughs> and he's an all-around good dude. Um, our mothers are best friends and have been best friends for over 30 years, over 35 years. And I'm, I'm super blessed to have him in my life. And he's a little bit younger than me, but I actually look up to him because of what he's accomplished and because of the things that he does and continues to do um, on the online digital marketplace. So, please, sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with my good friend, Jesse Porter. So this might not be the breakfast club, but it sure looks like the supper club. <laughs> so we're back. We're live. And we're at the supper club because we're not at the breakfast table in the kitchen. We are in the living room. The dining room, actually. And you don't have breakfast in the dining room. Well, you can't. Wherever the family eats. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on YouTube. You can find me. That's right. And you know what? I'm, I'm, so glad, I'm so glad you're here for many reasons. I'm so glad you stopped by to visit. You made an extra special trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to give you an extra special introduction. Oh, thank you very much. Um, this is my, my dear friend. Um, he's my brother. And I say that because we have mothers that are basically sisters. Yeah. Um, they've known each other longer than we've been alive. True. And as you were saying earlier, they have a very special bond. Mm-hmm. Best, best, bestest friends, BFF, before the term even occurred, before you even heard the word. And sitting in my studio, I'm blessed with the presence of Jesse Porter. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, and it's an honor for me to be here. You're here from Atlanta, all the way out to Cali, um, to see your little sister's graduation. Shout out to my little sister, Grace Porter. What's up, Grace? Graduating. Malibu, Pepperdine University. Congratulations to you. Your alma mater. My alma mater. That's cool. I do hail from Pepperdine. My brother went to Pepperdine. Your sister went to Pepperdine. So we're we're a legacy. A living legacy. <laughs> a living legacy of bachelor degrees yeah. on the beach. And it's a beautiful thing. I'm super proud of her. I'm super proud of my brother um, who graduated last year in... A crazy thing about our connection. So our parents are best friends. Mm-hmm. You and I are the firstborns, the oldest mm-hmm. boy, child, and first grandson on both sides. Mm-hmm. That's a crazy thing to have in common just to start off with. Let that breathe for a second. Not but let, it continues. Let, let alone that I have a younger brother and a younger sister, and you have a younger brother and a younger sister. And they're spread out. And they're spread out. My mom likes to say once a decade she has a child, and she starts her her mother process all over again. 
which is insane. But to go through it with somebody, I'm sure helps. True. And so you and I have similar paths. We have similar professional aspirations, hustle mentalities, opportunistic views of engaging with the marketplace. This is something that you and I share. And we both gravitated towards multimedia digital production. True. Our younger brothers both gravitated towards sports, fitness, athletic, nutrition. Yes. Middle childs. And then our younger baby sisters are now both performing, and very successfully, I might add, are pursuing careers in the performing arts, the fine arts. So, so that's wild. That's wild. That's just wild. <laughs> the parallels and the trends are mind-blowing. Just because our moms are best friends in that, when you have a bond, like a friendship, and it does, it physically does something to you, and it genetically can alter your chemistry you have with somebody into the, your children. And it's crazy because it's, 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 we see it. Yeah. And it's like, wow. And our moms are almost identical. Their personalities are like identical. Your mom and my mom are literally like sisters. And they act, their mannerisms are the same. Their kindness is the same. Right. Like, I've never met a kinder woman than my mom until I met his mom, who's like, just like my mom. Right. Like, it's crazy. That's, I don't know what to say. It's like, that's sick. It's sick. <laughs> it's a it's a study on on nature versus nurture. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they don't share blood per se, but the impact on each other's life, the the mirror, the similarities, the parallels that one could draw, don't even stop with what we said. That's just yep. the most obvious things to point out. Yep. And so you relocated to Atlanta after growing up. In where did where did you grow up? I was born and raised in Los Angeles and we moved to Pasadena, California when I was in, uh, I'd say, elementary school, fourth or fifth grade. It was fifth grade. I moved out to Pasadena. And then from Pasadena, um, I moved to Georgia. And that was when I was 20, 20, 22 or 23. Early 20s, we'll say. Well, I want to, so your, your transition from L.A. to Pasadena, fifth grade, fourth grade, mm-hmm. that's a very formative time in your life. Mm-hmm. I swapped around schools pretty much every two years after fourth grade, mm-hmm. and it was, I'm not going to say traumatic, but I'm going to say jarring to my developmental um, progression. We'll say it like that. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you remember about that time, and what did it do to you? How did it affect your life at that age? Um, that's a good question. I think it was so new to me that I just wanted to 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 not be the same in a sense where like when when I was in l a um I think we moved like right before the l a riot right after the l a riots not okay. too long ago, okay, so that me seeing that as a child made me really not really like LA like that anymore. So when we moved, I was like, okay, this has changed. This is cool. I want to change too. I want to, I want to, I want to get out of this mindset. Yeah. Not saying I had a specific mindset, but just saying, um, at that young age, um, you saw a different path. Yes. You saw opportunities and options. Exactly. Now, I think few, well, a lot of people. It's very um, relatable 
to be picked up and moved, whether mm-hmm. people are in the military, people's parents have jobs that relocate them. There's a divorce that happens. And I feel like it's a common thread to want to rebrand yourself, if you will, or recreate your identity and have a fresh start when you move. Mm. Do you think that the move to Pasadena and then ultimately the move to Atlanta changed you in a, in a significant way? Or what changes did you decide to make? Well, it made me see things differently because when you're from a place for such a long time, you think that's how life is. Then when you move to a totally different place, you'll be like, oh, no, this is how life is. But you learn from your previous lifestyle. And when you learn a new lifestyle, it kind of it, it gives you more seasoning. So now you taste better. Then, <laughs> then, then, then when um, you do something like move from to, for, to a different state, then that opens your eyes even more to the different cultures, the different different land, the different type of everything. Yeah. So it really makes you better. It, it, it gives you more growth and it opens your, your mind up wider and it gives you a, a, a deeper and a wider vision. And I think when you do that, you, you, you become better. You learn yeah. more. Yeah. And so I would say that my... Um, transition in, in, in moving lo- to different locations actually was good because I learned more. And it ultimately, that's, that's, that's how you become better as a person, by learning about different things. Sure, sure. You know? it, it adds to your journey. It gives you things in your character that you couldn't have hoped to have if you stayed in the same block or the same neighborhood your whole life. So I know that I'm thankful for the times that I traveled, um, for the, the drastic shifts in social circles that I, that I went through at a young age. I agree with you. The learning experience, um, it, it was vital to my formation, you know? And when, now when I meet new people, diverse people, people that think differently, people that know different things, had different experiences, I'm able to, I think, relate to them quicker than somebody who's been stationary their whole life. True. You have a crazy story about <laughs> what's going on in your life right now professionally. And I want to save it for later. I want to I get to that. But my, I'm an entrepreneur, okay? Financial freedom, independence, the type of wealth that you can leave to your, your family and your next generations is something that means so much to our community because it's something that wasn't left for us and it wasn't left for our parents. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so when I decided to put my thoughts out here in the ether and have conversations with people, I'm always skewing towards the self-employed, the entrepreneurs, the people who are building their own path economically. Mm. And I want to share that with my audience. And I don't want you to give away the sauce. I don't want you to tell people what you're doing and how you're making the impact that you're making in this in the social and technological sphere. But I want to kind of get to your journey and what brought you to a place where you had the dis- this discovery, if that makes sense. Okay. So you moved to Georgia, 22 years old. Mm-hmm. What what are you doing? What what are you in school? Are you living single? What's happening? Well, I moved to Georgia. Um, 
ended up going to Clark Atlanta University on a basketball scholarship. I knew nothing of Georgia at the time. I didn't know. I had, I had no idea what to expect. I never even heard of Clark, actually. It was like I got a phone call one day, and um, Coach said, hey, I'm going to come see Coach Dell Jacobs. Um, Coach Atlanta. Um, he, uh, he really – he was, he, he was a cool guy, but I'm glad that he invited me down to Atlanta because prior to prior to hearing of Clark, I, I knew nothing of uh, uh, the culture down in Atlanta. How did you meet the coach? Did he reach out to you? Did he scout you, or how did you how did he find you? No, my um, my assistant basketball coach at my junior college at Pasadena City College, he um, got in contact with him and showed him some game tape and. He, he, he liked what he saw, so he got my phone number, called me, said, hey, I'm feeling I want you to come down to Atlanta and see what it's about. Uh, I really didn't know anything about Atlanta, so I kind of was hesitant, but sure. a friend of mine told me, uh, her name was Kristen. She told me, you know what, I need to, you should go down there and just see. I was like, I don't want to leave California. Like, what, whatever, Georgia? Sounds retarded. <laughs> so, uh, it sounds like a downgrade. <laughs> it sounds like a downgrade. Yeah, sure. Hollywood to some... Some trees and forests and wildlife and woods, no way. Stop. Um, so I, I, she talked me into going. Um, I went, and when I say I saw something that I never could expect. What was that? I saw a bunch of black people having fun and, and, and being able to be around each other and be together, together without, like, a fight breakout or shootouts or, or a party getting shut down. Um, it was a different culture because in, in Pasadena and Los Angeles, they have a lot of gang activity. So okay. it's like uh, you couldn't see black people just all hanging out and having fun. There were people from different sets, and, and it just wasn't like that. If you had a house party, it would get shut down in, in the next hour. It would only last an hour, and police would come, shut it down, or the fight happens, or a shootout happens, or something. So, being able to see black people to be out in, a, in, in, like, say there was a nightclub, you can be out at ten o'clock to six in the morning with no problems. It was just good, just peaceful. Everybody was happy. Even you're not, so, a, you're not waiting for a fight to break you're out. You're not waiting for nothing to happen. It's just like they're people are cool down there. Yeah. They don't have no issue with you. There's yeah. no, there's no. When you're walking down the street and you see another black person, you usually smile and say, hey, how you doing? Yeah. You know, uh, in Georgia. But in Los Angeles or, or Pasadena or another city, you really wouldn't do that where where I was from, where, right. I, where I grew up at. So It'd be more of a nod, see, yeah. recognize each other, see where you're at, size each other up. Exactly. And like, then see what happens. Yeah, yeah exactly. And <laughs> <laughs> it, it really just That's LA. keep your distance. And like, this is the 90s to early thousands? Uh, this is that you moved. No, this was like two thousand and five. Okay. Yeah. Two, no, no, no. Two thousand six, two thousand seven. Yeah. Wow. So. And, and we're sorry to cut you off, and I don't want to break this momentum, but when people talk about, you know, we're in a post-racial America, and everyone's supposed to be colorblind, and the problems that we have are not that anymore because we've got a black president. Everything is hunky dory. But you're telling me less than ten years ago. It was, there's that much tension in the black community mm -hmm. on the streets of these areas that moving to a place where it's, it's happy and calm and congenial was a shock to your system. Yes, that was a shock. But it was a shock and I liked it. 
<laughs> and so I embraced it and, and I haven't left since. I'm talking about a black man having him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's beginning to look a lot like wood. Follow my every step. Take notes on how I crept. I was about to go in depth. That's crazy. I, I visited Atlanta for the first time last July with my little brother because he's about to relocate mm -hmm. to pursue his master's degree. Mm -hmm. um, he's going to be doing some physical therapy, chiropractic, sports medicine. Super proud of him um, for the journey that he's about to embark on. And hearing your experience moving from Southern California to Georgia and knowing what a positive impact it had, I can't tell you how thrilled I am for him to experience that and to start his professional career in that environment mm. as opposed to what's happening out here in, in Los Angeles, in many parts of Los Angeles. Yes. So, hats off to you, brother. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta change the scenery uh, to change your point of view. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happens. Um, when, you, when you get into a different atmosphere, it just, it just opens your eyes. It widens your eyes and opens your brain up. And that was one thing that I think if anybody wants to make some type of change in your life, a geological change will change your entire life. It'll change your thought pattern. It'll change your, 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 your thinking. It'll change everything. If you're in a rut, a great way to get out of it is to just... Get about. Yeah, change everything. Because the people that you hang around, mm -hmm. the, the vibrations that you allow to enter your sphere is directly correlated to where you spend your time so if you're living in a positive environment you're going to have positive interactions and the snowball effect continues and I saw I saw it as well the the percentage of black people first of all was astonishing mm -hmm. in a good way and seeing like you're saying they're successful black people they're happy black people they're not they don't appear to be in competition with one another and I didn't meet everybody I just saw a few people because I was there for a few days but it was obvious you know so what, what happened next tell me about your time at um, Clark and what happened right after you graduated um well Clark was really really it was it was different and it was good different in, in a sense that mm, college life at, at a black school is 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 it's so fun because yeah. it's like uh, it's drama. It's fun. It's like it's like high school. You know the camaraderie of high school, sure. And how everybody knew each other, and it was it it was just everybody was connected. Yeah. When you go to a a larger school, you don't know too many people. It, it's it's like you're distanced from each other. Right, right. But at an HBCU and a small HBCU, you get, you get a sense of everybody's connected. Everybody knows each other. It's so fun. HBCU so, stands for Historically Black uh, University. College and University. and name like the top five that people would recognize. Um, everybody would know Howard, FAMU. Um, Howard is in DC. FAMU's in Florida. Um, Morehouse. Morehouse. Spelman. Um, I don't think people really know too much of Clark, but they probably know have heard of it because of Spelman and Morehouse. Right. It's crazy because Clark Atlanta uh, University is right next door to Spelman 
college and Morehouse College. So it's really like you have three schools right. all connected. Occupying the same general area. All, all in the same area, across the street from each other. And you're yeah. using you're using all one central library. So right, it's right. like all the schools after the intertwining. It was cool. It was just really cool. Um, Spelman's an all-girls school. Morehouse is an all-boys school. And Clark was co-ed. Got it. So it was like you had all different types of people from all over the world just it was it was it was cool i remember we had a a, a white kid that went to uh to clark yeah and he was like the coolest white dude ever and and gotta be yeah and and it was it was interesting because he used to highlight all the black girls and the black girls would love him (laughs) (laughs) it's the celebrity if you're that different he was the celebrity on campus and it it was just it was just a, a good sight to see and just the experience I enjoyed, but um, I graduated in 2011, um, and that doesn't mean that I'm young because I'm 31. I just started school later. That's just when you graduated. That's just when I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people that are 56 that just graduated uh, college right now. So that's right. There's yeah. probably some older people that are freshmen. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm a huge Outkast, Dungeon Family mm. fan. Mm. That had the most. It's my favorite band. It's my favorite musical crew, group, production company. Ever. Everything. Ever. 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 Hands down. French Romans, country man, lend me your eardrums. It was a beautiful day off in the neighborhood. Yellows and greens and blues and browns and grays and hues that ooze beneath dilapidated wood. Ain't a thing could explain what pertains to cocaine and sustaining rain. See summer rolls around, niggas all about change. Then they steady move them keys like Bob James. Cause old man winners arrive, the temperature dies. November just died, December's alive. Thus it ain't no typical. So when when I know, when I listen to Outcast lyrics and I hear College Park, yeah. I think of that area of Atlanta. Am I correct? You're correct. College Park is like right next door to Atlanta. You probably say like 10 minutes away from Atlanta. So anybody in College Park is all in Atlanta and it's like they're right next door to each other. Now when I was out there visiting, you were like, you know, sometimes I'll just see celebrities and they're cool. They're just mingling with folks. Uh, Matter of fact, uh, there goes Lloyd. Roll down the window. Hey, what's up, Lloyd? (laughs) That really happened. That really happened. (laughs) That really happened. We're driving down the street. Uh, We're on Piedmont. And um, there's this famous black restaurant um, called Mary Max. And I took you to Mary Max, yes, right? Yes, it was delicious. It was on point, huh? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Some real southern southern style cooking masterpiece, bombness. It's on point. You can get anything from neck bones to oxtail to fried chicken, catfish, anything that you think, chitlins, anything that you can think of that's soul food. Authentically soul Authentically food. Authentically soul food. Make Roscoe's taste like McDonald's. Make Roscoe's taste like the dollar menu <laughs> at McDonald's. <laughs> Not even the number number five, a dollar menu value. But it's it's it, it's so good because they have they really have southern grandmas back in there cooking everything. Nobody that's a chef back there is under the age of sixty years old. Everybody in there cooking is somebody's grandma, great grandma, so the food is authentic. Like grandmas it, put love in food. Grandmas like, not seriously, that food is really on point. But so um we go we go we driving down the street by Mary Max and I'm telling them like, man, Atlanta's so cool. You see everybody down here. 
you'll see celebrities here and there, and and there you can just walk shoulder to shoulder with them amongst them, and there's no problem. Like in Los Angeles or even Hollywood, you will not see a celebrity like right. that. You'll see them in the car, but right. you're not going to be close enough to bump into them or rub their shoulders on a regular basis. Unless you're their Uber driver. Unless you're their Uber driver. Um, so at at time, he's like, oh, really? Oh, that sounds, that sounds cool. I was like, as a matter of fact, that's a lawyer right there. He was like, Lloyd. I'm like, Lloyd. Uh, and what the, what's this song? <laughs> uh, you. I changed the game for you. I'm going to see what it do. Can I be free? This is how I feel. That's what you. I Yeah. <laughs> but I, de- I knew what he, who he was right away. Yeah. You know? uh, little known but well-known R&B singer from the early 2000s. Yes, Lloyd. Yes. Meet me on the south side. <laughs> it was a song with the... I think it was Ashanti and Lloyd, the South Side. Yeah. But anyways, um, so he, he was like, oh, yeah, is it? I'm like, yeah. So I rolled down the window. Hey, Lloyd. He turned around like, hey, guys. Hey, <laughs> sure did. <laughs> but um, cool yeah, as a fall time. Atlanta is is one of those places where everybody is, is cool enough to be around each other. And I yeah. guess the celebrities feel the same way, too. They don't have to be hiding in in the hills and away from right everybody else. You pointed something out to me that tripped me out. What? You said in Atlanta you won't find any paparazzi. Only for the money in the fame. Paparazzi is a shame. Yes. You so that's the reason that the celebrities don't feel the need to hide. And that's 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 the exact reason I feel too. Yeah, because if you're in L.A., Hollywood specifically, you're going to have paparazzi looking for you, looky-loos, mm-hmm, tourists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You feel like probably if you're a celebrity, like you're in a zoo, like you're in a fishbowl. Yeah. Everybody's trying to get at you. Mm-hmm. But in Atlanta, even though there that is a media capital, like there's big studios, major studios in Atlanta, yes. productions happening, music industry happening, but there's not that paparazzi. Why? How did that happen? How did they escape that? Hollywood-ish. Because I guess that's not Southern hospitality. Right. Being in somebody's face all day, asking them jarring questions and just bothering and pesting them is not hospitable. It's not. You got to be nice and be cool and just give people their space and be friendly. Or else you can't stay. Or you can't be up in here. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. That, That, I don't know. That's really interesting because there's so many people in Atlanta that are the who's who's of the world. Right. Like, a lot of celebrities have... There's three places where you would see a celebrity like having a home, like a million dollars, like a famous A-list celebrity. Yeah. It'll be Los Angeles, I'd probably say like Miami, mm. and New York, and Atlanta. Those are the places yeah. I feel that people want to go that are that type of level of wealth. Yeah. Those are the hot spots. Those are the hot spots. Yeah. And what's the, the uh, you said it was like the Beverly Hills of Atlanta? Was it Buckhead? Yeah, that's Buckhead. Yeah. Buckhead. Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills of Atlanta is Buckhead. And you were describing to me the, the size of these mansions and like how much land they were on oh, and the level. Man. And then you drove me past through that area and you undersold it. Like it is... Amazing! It was like Brentwood on steroids. On steroids, with at, acres at a sixth of the cost. At a at a um, for one tenth of a cost. A fraction. Yes. That's unbelievable. Yeah, they have mansions out there. You can get like a a, a five bedroom, five bedroom, six and a half bathroom 
house sitting on acres of land for like 200 grand. Like baby, man, no, yeah. actually mansions. Right, right. That's incredible. That's nuts. So how did you find your way into media? You need to take that? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. How did um, you find your way? Was it, did you major in college? Did you discover it afterwards? What what was your path to being a media mogul, if you will? <laughs> my 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 path was after graduating. Well, I did I did get a degree in uh, mass communications and a concentration in TV and film. Okay. Um, when I first attended school, that wasn't going to be my major. My major was actually going to be computer science. Okay. I'm I built my first computer when I was like 15 years old. I was a serious gamer, yeah. And I found out one day that you can uh, download free games on the 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 in, the PC, yeah. And I would go steal these little magazine dem- demo discs, PC gamer, and I used to steal them from the grocery store <laughs> and put in the thing and play all the demos of the games <laughs> on the computer because this was during the time when there was a. Remember the count the the console games like it was Nintendo Genesis of course and all that. so you couldn't really bootleg those right right so when this when the computers came out with a CD-ROM disc and you put the CD-ROM and just play the game I was like oh cool cool I really like computer games so yeah. I bought my first computer when I was fifteen and was really into computers my my whole life video games and computers so when I uh, had the opportunity to go to a university. I said, okay, I want my degree to be in computer science because computers are cool to me. I love computers. But um, upon going to the school and transferring to um, from a, a, a community college to a private school, they didn't accept all the units. Um, and they said that if I decided to be a computer science major, it would take like four years. Oh, wow. After as a I transfer. Already, as a transfer after I already did two years at my junior college. Tripping. So uh, I said, you know what? Forget it. What can I take to be the the quickest right, out, right, of, right. out of here? Cancel that. Let's Cancel take that. it Let's just, They're like, well, you can do mass media. You can do this. You can do that. You can do that. And they're like, uh, I'm from LA, so I guess I can do something that if I do go back home, I I can find a good career in yeah. Hollywood. Hey, yeah, plug into that industry exactly. So, um, I got a degree in um, TV and film, and upon graduating, I decided to start a company with my um, old teammate, and it was like a a media firm. It was called Future Media Group. And we 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 do web design, video production, photography. We're like, okay, let's do that. Because computers and like videos and stuff all go hand in hand. It goes hand in hand. You gotta know how to process the footage that you're capturing. Exactly, exactly. So um we started that and it it I mean that's what we do right now, but it's pretty good. Now was this a teammate from Basketball? From basketball. Okay. And you guys shared that interest. And we shared that. He Actually, he was a computer science major. Got you. So he actually did what got the degree that I wanted to initially start, and then I ended up getting a degree in TV and film. So I was like, okay, let's yeah. start a business. That, that works. That works. And, and, and it did work. It did work. Now, how can people find your stuff? Is it futuramediagroup.com? Yes, What's it's, the? It's at futuramedia.com, F-U-T-R-A. M-E-D-I-A. Futura Media. It's not future. Right. 
Futra. Futra Media. Media Group? Just futuremedia. Futuremedia.com. If awesome. you Google Future Media, you'll find my stuff. Of course. <laughs> Building computers sure. by 15. You think you can't sure. find his site? For sure. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So you graduated from college. Mm-hmm. You started up the media firm mm-hmm. with the teammate. Mm-hmm. And you guys are producing videos for local businesses. You guys are doing photography, portrait photography. What's Everything. your clientele? Uh, our, our clientele is from a simple website one page splash page to um major full scale video production music video corporate video okay um commercial everything and then not only that it's digital marketing as well so what we do is after we produce the content we know how to distribute it and get it seen right yeah so and ladies and gentlemen that's the difference between a business and a firm Exactly. A business has one function, whereas mm-hmm. a firm is horizontally integrated to be able to take the product that they make you initially mm-hmm. and then help you integrate that product into what you're doing. And we will infiltrate your brain. That's right. <laughs> Futra Media Group, providing a suite of services for all your multimedia needs. <laughs> That's the sp- that's the official sponsorship for the episode. I want to keep the story going and let the people just kind of feel your journey. Move to Atlanta, graduate college, start your own media company, and would you agree that Atlanta is is basically the Hollywood of the South or the Black oh, Hollywood? Of course, of course, it's the Black Hollywood because. A lot of major motion picture um, studios have moved to Atlanta. I really don't, I, I wouldn't say I don't know why, because it's such a good place. Somebody moved down there, they enjoyed it, they started their businesses down there. But um, a, I think they said Paramount Studios was moving down there pretty soon. I heard that as well, yeah. Yeah, but um, a lot, Tyler Perry Studios down there, they have uh, Turner. Turner Broadcasting down there, where they do all the NBA TV. Uh, CNN was founded in Georgia, and that's where CNN's headquarters is, is in Atlanta, Georgia. Right. So um, it has become the the black Hollywood um, of the South. Yeah. And a a true media center. Mm -hmm. You know, right, like you said earlier, right behind Hollywood, Los Angeles, New York, Mm -hmm. you have Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So that's... Awesome. I mean, you're in the place to succeed for that yeah. line of work. Yes. For to build a to build an empire, you found the right foundation. I would agree. So walk me through the next step. You have your firm going, and and what's the next uh, opportunity that finds your way, or the next move that you make? Well, the next move that we made was after producing a lot of th- um, video products or, or whatever you want to call it we started putting them on youtube okay and youtube honestly i think youtube was probably the, one of the greatest things that was ever created alongside of like google yeah the internet search engine yeah like the internet actually the internet is single-handedly the best thing ever created so um 
Oh and yeah, it's bigger than the printing press. It's bigger than the steam engine. Mm. It's bigger than the light bulb. Bigger than the telephone. It's yeah. an extension of the telephone. Exactly. But it is single-handedly the most influential invention of our lifetime, mm. and I would argue of the industrial revolution moving forward. It is the most transformative thing that we've ever seen. Yes. And the power of it is still unknown. The reach of it is still unknown. It's kind of like people know that there's an ocean and people know that there are fish. Oh, and, and sharks mm. and whales. Mm. But they have no idea what's beneath the surface. No idea. And the Internet is in that stage right now. Yes. You know, people are just now being able to delve a little bit deeper and find out what's really cracking. Speak, speaking of the deep, have you know there's a, there's a secret level of the internet? Uh, are you speaking of the, the dark web? The dark web. <laughs> yes. And they call it the deep net. Dude, it's so crazy. I, I watch a lot of like documentaries and series like that on, on HBO and Showtime. Mm. I recently discovered, uh, I believe it is called the dark web or the dark net. Mm. It's like a eight-part series. And some of the episodes were, oh, yeah, I, I knew about, um, you know, body modifications. I knew about, you know, implantable cameras and stuff like that. Mm. But some of them were so gnarly, I had to delete them off of my yeah. <laughs> DVR because I was like, I don't even want people to know that yeah, I know I about this. this. Yeah. yeah, I don't even want to have responsibility for this. Exactly. But, like, think about Terminator 2. Mm. Think about The Matrix. These movies that was... I'll say ahead of their time because they were groundbreaking from the visual effects and from the storytelling about futuristic ideas mixed with the graphics. Mm. So I'll say they were groundbreaking. But remember Skynet, the, yes. the Terminator. Oh yeah, that's that that that's that cloud. was equivalent to the cloud, right? Yeah, now. they were talking about this a long time ago. Those movies crazy. told the future. Told the future, and yeah. and you know what they say? They say a lot of movies tell the future. Oh yeah. It's it's inception, mm. okay. Once once a creative person puts the idea on paper, and then once a storyteller puts that idea in cinema, it, it infects the populace, mm. and then somebody makes it. Mm -hmm. So it's a self fulfilling prophecy in a way. Best it's time. manifest destiny, but it's not taking over the land. It's taking over the airwaves. It's taking over the the air space, and now it's taking over space in our brain. Not to go down a rabbit hole, but that's really what's happening. Really? And I, I trip out on it all the time. I mean, I remember where I was when I saw The Matrix and how it blew my mind and how I had to kind of rethink, you know, like simulation theory. I don't know. Do you do you mess with simulation theory at all? That might be a different podcast. What, hold on. <laughs> what is simulation theory? about simulation theory no tell me so okay we both come from a, a christian mm. background mm -hmm. um judeo-christian uh abrahamic religion <laughs> uh jesus christ abrahamic. is your lord and savior um etc <laughs> and so um that theosophy theocracy what's the word i'm looking for philosophy let's stick with that one mm. subscribes to the fact that the earth was created uh, many thousands of years ago through intelligent design and largely discredits uh, evolution. Simulation theory, um, as I know it, basically does not assume that we're in the most technologically advanced time in history. 
civilizations could have been built up, destroyed, built up, destroyed. Uh, the universe is so great and large that we really don't know what type of intelligence is out there. So to jump to the conclusion that we are simply inside of a simulation created by a more sophisticated race of people is not too far outside of the realm of possibility, if you consider those. So you're telling me, remember the movie Men in Black? Yes. At the end of Men in Black, it showed a big, crazy alien playing with a marble, and right. in that marble, it, it it started in the universe, and then it right. zoomed out, and then it showed you were in the marble and playing exactly. upon by exactly. the little alien, so it's like that. Basically, yes. In a, in a nutshell, crazy. that's a great uh, visual component to what I was trying to explain. Yeah. And um, shout so out to... So we're like an at, at form. Basically. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so that's a theory. Mm, okay. okay. And I think that the Matrix, you know, it, it was written by a very intelligent person who had many, you know, takes, philosophical, philosophical takes on existence mm. and on human behavior. But that was, I think, the nation's first kind of mass uh, introduction to simulation theory and so given the fact that the terminator 2 and the skynet comes to life now in the cloud to find out you know with um, artificial intelligence virtual reality that these science fiction in air quotes things may be realized in a way that's going to change how we relate to existence trip wow. out on that that's some deep stuff How's that for a tangent for you folks? <laughs> we went from Futra Media Group to um, <laughs> universes in a marble. Yep, universe. That's a message in a bottle for that ass. Um, so yeah, getting back to the to your your journey, if you will. YouTube. So, YouTube. 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 The greatest thing ever created by the internet. You can visit. I honestly believe that they're gonna one day have like Google University. Yeah. Where you just strictly learn off of the internet. People are doing it now, but yeah. in a disparate, let's go to the library and see what we can find type of way. YouTube is so crazy because you can learn almost anything and everything on yeah. YouTube. And YouTube is actually better than the actual web pages of the internet because you visually can see whatever you're trying to learn. Some people learn better by visually seeing stuff. Right. Than reading and comprehending it. Correct. So it's 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 you can take more of it in. Right. Like I would watch I can watch hours of YouTube videos, but I can't I wouldn't want to read hours worth of articles. Sure. You know, textbooks are tired. Yes. So YouTube turned the internet visual into a visual right. internet. So I've I've learned so much stuff. I've I've learned how to build websites on YouTube. I've yeah. learned how to perfect my video production skills on YouTube. I've learned how to speak other languages not well, but decent enough on youtube yeah enough that you could have paid either rosetta stone or your local you know junior college professor to do the same exactly you did it for free for free on youtube on youtube now anything and everything you want to learn is on youtube the ability to upload content and anybody on the world pretty much can access it is mind-blowing yes. in and of itself um 
I go down YouTube rabbit holes all the time. All if I got time, time to kill, I'll think of something, I'll look it up, it'll, I'll watch it, my mind will be blown, it'll suggest another video that's similar, continues at infinitum. Yes. Now, as a consumer, YouTube is great. Great. You watch maybe five seconds of an ad and you mm-hmm. get access to all of this mm-hmm. information. Mm-hmm. Now, as a, as a media producer... Yes. As a content creator, yes. at some point you realize that you can be the person supplying this content. Exactly. Tell me about how that uh, hits you. And not only supplying the content, getting paid for the content. Well, one step at a time. One step at a time. <laughs> well, being able to put something on the internet and putting it in a portal which allows unlimited amount of uh, well, not say. Well, yeah, let's say, let's say a lot, a limited amount of people to view it. Right. If they want to find it, if it's they there. Were, it's there. As opposed to waiting for something to be broadcast at a certain time exactly. on television. Right. Exactly. And on demand. That's the real on demand. Right. The YouTube on demand. But um, that that right there is amazing in itself because there was a time where. In order to be seen, you'd have to physically be around that person or you'd have to record it and give it to some someone to put it on A third TV, party. To put it on TV. Because before the internet, sure. the only way you were going to get something seen is it had to be on TV. And all of the, the gatekeepers that are in charge of the broadcast system, mm. when when cable started, like when I was growing up, it was channel two through 13 exactly. with the rabbit ears. Exactly. And then, you know, you get your cables, your HBOs, and now we've got, you know, up to a thousand channels, let's say. Yes. But still, that's a very small amount of access. That's a small amount of people that are able to control what content the public sees. Mm-hmm. And so YouTube shattered that. Shattered it. So you're able to have direct access to whoever is willing to seek out your content on YouTube. You know, YouTube is the number three most visited site in the entire world. Behind Google and Facebook. Behind Google and Facebook. It, I think it, it had the number like there's three billion visitors a day mm-hmm. on YouTube and something like 300 years worth of uploads per yeah. day or something. Yeah. Minutes, minutes of uploads per day. Okay. So that that's ridiculous. That is. I just want to know who, 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 how are they putting on all, all this on servers? Like what <laughs> what is this is this like some crazy computer Skynet brain that's oh like somewhere in the middle of nowhere like tons of servers just yeah. flooding cuz I don't know how can they how can they save all of that data. No. For people who don't know, who are really out of touch with technology, mm. the cloud is not an actual cloud. No. It is not in the sky. Mm-mm. It is not fluffy and white. Mm-mm. It does not make rain fall to the ground. It is a room full of servers that are connected together physically in through landlines, and yeah. they receive and store and transmit information. Exactly. Huge rooms buzzing with many terabytes of storage. So if you had to guess... What size room, building, town, city, <laughs> county would it take to hold all the information that YouTube has? I would say at the size of 
like a, a state like Texas or something. Wow. I know, <laughs> but I think it's like hidden underground somewhere. Right. So if like all the servers were just spread out and, and stacked on the ground, one high, it'd be the size of Texas. Yeah, not literally the size of Texas, <laughs> but it'd have to be something crazy big. Like I can't even really imagine. Like I don't even know. Yeah. I bet you, to be honest with you, I bet you they have some kind of crazy little technology yeah. where it's like a thumb drive the size of the smallest thumb drive in the world with like a billion terabytes worth of yeah. storage and they just put it in a little keyhole. You something. don't even know about it yet. You don't even Actually, know Actually, you know it. what it is? Because technology is always like 10 years ahead of when we see it. Yeah. It's probably one of those, it's like stored in a, in a liquid. They probably have like a little balloon size full of water and it's just storing all of it in there through something. some crazy fiberglass technology I mean, you don't even know about yet. I, I'm not even gonna lie. If, if there's something like that, I'm trying to drink it and just see what happens to me. <laughs> Limitless times Lucy times you don't even know. Mid, so mid. what was the first piece of content that you personally uploaded to YouTube? The very first one. Like when did you create your account and what was the first video that you uploaded? That's a good question. Not only am I curious, not only are my listeners curious, I want you to see what you've done in such an incredibly short period of time. I want you to really, I'm sure you already know what's happening, but you're in it. And sometimes when I'm in a situation, I can't really appreciate what's happening until somebody shows it to me. Yeah. And then kind of like when you, when you make something, you know, if you're a producer, if you're a videographer and you film something, you edit something and you watch it over and over again, you perfect it, you feel a certain way about it. Mm. But then when you let somebody else come and look at it with a different set of eyes, they don't even have to tell you what you're missing. You can feel it as they watch it. Does sure. that make sense? Yes, it does. And so perspective, in my opinion, is the greatest gift that humans can give one another. Perspective. You're right. Right? That's right there next to time. Giving your time and your perspective to somebody is the greatest gift. So I encourage everyone that's listening right now, if you know anybody that you can share information with, share knowledge with, share wisdom with, do it. And I guarantee it'll come back to you. Guaranteed. 100%. Um, so today it's, uh, I think, May the 4th or the 5th, 2016. 5th. How recently... To Jesse Spielberg, is that your is that your Twitter? That's my Instagram. Instagram? Jesse, Jesse Spielberg. Spielberg. Follow him on there. Follow me. Um, and like his life of Facebook page, Future Media Group. Yep. When was your first video uploaded? How many years? How many months ago? People think they know. They, they have, have no, no idea. idea. <laughs> okay, so my first. Joined January 6, 2013. Wow. Mm -hmm. So three years ago mm -hmm. and three months ago, mm -hmm. you opened a YouTube account. Mm -hmm. And your first video that you uploaded was titled. Was titled. No service. <laughs> and it was no. fire, too. And it was. Google <laughs> no service. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I found my first video. My okay. first video was... 2013. It was 
actually, I posted, I created a YouTube account, but didn't post my first video until a year later. Wow. So actually, all of this has happened within two years. Uh, first video, Clark Atlanta University Fashion Show. We had got hired by the fashion department to shoot uh, the fashion show. Yeah. And uh, we had the little setup. We had the three camera setup. Wow. And yeah, no, that's was, impressive. And that's impressive because we, 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 we bought our first cameras off of Amazon, and that was the first time of us trying them out. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I didn't I, test I knew, them at home. I didn't test. I didn't do Try nothing. Try out the fashion I, show. I tried them out at the fashion show. We bought them. And then they were just sitting. Well, they weren't sitting. It was probably like a day later. So yeah. we like unpacked everything that night, but we didn't turn them on or try them until like the next day. <laughs> but it, we did it and it worked and we uploaded the video. But it was in the, it was at Clark Atlanta University. Clark Atlanta University Fashion Show 2013. That was my first video. Wow. That's amazing. Two years ago. And how many views does it have? Uh, just 4,000. Just 4,000. Yeah, we 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 weren't buzzing like we're buzzing now. I have videos on YouTube probably that what now with like eighteen views. <laughs> <laughs> so get, getting to the the climax mm. of this story, mm. two two years ago, you upload your first video on YouTube, mm. Clark Atlanta University fashion show. Yes, and it had four thousand views. Tell well. tell the people how many total views that you've had on YouTube in the last thirty days. Just how many views have you had? <laughs> Something like a good twenty million. Uh, twenty four seven. Twenty million views yes. in thirty days. The last 30 days. On your YouTube influence, your channels, your network of YouTube channels. My network of YouTube channels, plural. 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 20 million views. That's incredible. Congratulations. Thank you very much. That's an amazing feat. Mm -hmm. Now, earlier you said that you were making money from these videos. Oh, yes, yes, yes. How can one create content on YouTube and get paid for it? Well, a lot of people don't know that YouTube pays you for bringing people to the site to watch your visuals. Um, if you, if every, everybody knows when they watch YouTube, you see an ad, whether it's a ad that you can click the skip button, where it's an ad that you can, or it pops up in the middle of your video on the bottom of your, on the bottom. Or you see in the upper right-hand corner, you see an ad. Right. Um, YouTube, uh, Google was paid because Google owns YouTube. Um, Google was given $7 billion in advertisement uh, money by companies last wow. year. How much? $7 billion. Wow. Yes. They were paid by the companies. Advertisers. Yes, to advertise on whether it was ad adwords mm -hmm. or uh, uh, YouTube or the Google Pages right. or whatever that Google was paid seven billion dollars. These are the same companies that pay for Super Bowl ads, exactly. That pay for ads on the television shows that mm -hmm. you're watching, mm -hmm. probably DVRing and skipping through. To mm -hmm. be honest, mm -hmm. so 
in addition to paying that money to the cable networks and and to the main um, broadcast channels, mm. they're also paying Google and YouTube. Exactly. And so how does that money get into the hands of the average YouTube user, content creator? So, so what happens is when, when Google is paid that much money to advertise ads, it has to be able to show numbers back to the people. So they have to say, okay, this many people viewed your content. You had this many page views. And right. in order to do that, they need content. Right. And Google will pay you to drive people to their site so that they can give these companies what their money's worth. Right. So Google pays you a percentage of however many views you have. Right. And anyone can sign up. It's just called a YouTube partnership program. That's incredible. You 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 create a YouTube account. You um get an AdSense account. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Uh, how about they can call you and get a free consultation they, yeah. on how <laughs> to get your YouTube channel started and monetized? How about that? You know what? <laughs> Let's do it like that. No more freebies. And But I think just, just the opportunity. I mean, how long did you use YouTube before you realized that there was an option for you to become a partner and to actually profit off of the ad portions? When did you find that out? Probably, I'd say a year ago. Okay. A year ago. My first year, I didn't know. I, I knew you could, but I didn't know how easy it was. Sure. Yeah, you, you hear it's a thing. Yeah. Like, I remember seeing on Facebook these little, what I consider to be little scam videos or scam mm -hmm. pictures going around, like, holding up Google checks, you know, with the finger cover and the address. Like, Google paid me this much. I thought it was a scam. That was real. Right? It's real. It's super real. It's super real. And so for the longest, I'm using YouTube and not really realizing, like you said, how easy it was. How easy it is. And just, I don't, I don't want you to tell people how exactly to do it okay. because that information is so valuable. I, I, I share it with people that need it, mm. that appreciate it. Mm. But this is something that you've earned. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You, you've earned this. And just give the people an idea, a window of per how many per a thousand views, if your ad is performing moderately to well, how much money can you expect to get from a thousand views? If you have great content and your channel is set up properly, you can get up to twenty two dollars per thousand views. Twenty two dollars for every thousand views. And you're not getting paid on the views. You're, you're getting, getting paid, paid on, on the times that people click on the ad that's on your video. You're getting paid. There's there's actually a lot of ways you get paid. You get paid through a non-skippable ad where they can't skip it and right. they have to watch it. You right. get paid through how long they stay on your video so that ad in the top corner is being displayed. Because you know there's an ad on the top right sure, hand sure. corner, a little square box. Sure. So if your content is rolling, and the longer they stay on your content, the longer that video is in your face, you get paid for that. 
So and no, then see, I didn't even know that. <laughs> and, yeah, and then you get paid off of the little bar at the, the bottom of the page. You have the right. little bar that pops up. If they click on that, then you get paid for that too. So let's say you're going to you're watching a video mm-hmm. and you want to see the whole screen, not mm-hmm. just the part in the mm-hmm. middle. Mm-hmm. And so you go to close the ad, mm-hmm. but you accidentally click it. Is that person getting paid? That person's getting paid. <laughs> yes. Learn something new, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Um, that that's crazy. So this is this is mind blowing. I'm sure to most of my listeners that one anybody can get paid off of YouTube mm-hmm. through Google, and that two, if you have a video that goes viral mm-hmm. or that gets a significant amount of views, mm-hmm. you can make a substantial amount of money. Substantial. Now I think I think it's pretty common that there's a lady that unboxes Disney items, and there's a young man who does video game uh, reviews on YouTube oh, and man. they get millions of views and they make a lot of money. I think that's pretty common. That's very common. Common knowledge. But what people don't realize is that anybody with a duplicatable technique that you can teach mm-hmm. can have similar results. People S- don't know that. Very similar results. Right. You just have to stay with it. It's got to stay with it. Stay now, with when I visited you in Atlanta last July, it was about a year ago, mm. you told me a little bit about what you were doing. You had pretty much just discovered this mm. and had learned very quickly mm. and found a good level of success in a fast period, short amount of time. Yes. Told me a couple of things in the course of maybe an hour and a half, mm. you showed me. Mm. Super excited. Came back to California. Mm. I followed just maybe half of the steps that you showed me. Mm-hmm. And I put up a video and got about 2 million hits. Yes. <laughs> and I made more money than I typically make in a day off of that one video. And I worked for maybe 12 minutes. 12 minutes. Maybe. I, I'm being conservative. It was probably less. Probably less. Yeah. Five minutes later, 2 million views later. Uh, the, 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 the quickest amount of success in a short period of learning the whole thing. <laughs> it was it was ridiculous because I will say to this day that you are one of those testimonies that I tell everybody that starts. I go, man, I'll never forget my good friend. I taught him how to do it and he did it the next day. He had his first viral video. And when I mean viral, I mean a couple million views later, he was rolling in the dough. Unbelievable. And and that's thanks to you. I never would have figured that out on my own. Wow. And if I did, it would have probably taken me months, years. And I would have had to have some type of, you know, knowledge or inspiration to keep going because I would have failed so many times before getting there. Mm. You know, so I... You know, I, I'll get your commission check. Yeah. <laughs> nah, don't worry about it, man. It's 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 my uh, uh, welcome home gift. Man, <laughs> man, so much appreciated. Yeah. But um, to to the listeners, they might be you know kind of like maybe not believing it or a little skeptical or. That's what everything. No, this is sad. That's true. Uh, w- the the truth is in your is in is in your face sometimes and sometimes people believe it's too good to be true right and that's 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 a common mistake that everybody does well that's not true. everybody but a lot of people do that most they think that some things are too good to be true and don't even attempt it now i'm i'm going to make an example 
um, to try to disprove you. Mm. So let's take, because for a while I tried the like multi-level marketing. Um, I tried a couple of companies to build an organization to get residual income. That's a common work from home, quote unquote, opportunity mm. that a lot of young people fall into and think that they can get rich quick. And I would say less than .001 make any success off of that. Seems too good to be true, pretty much is. But you're talking about non-MLM, not multi-marketing stuff. Mm. You're talking about opportunities where you work hard to create a lane for yourself and build your own brand and then reap the benefits of it. Exactly. Right? You're not plugging into a company system or somebody else's system. You're creating your own system. Exactly. So I, wa- I really wanted to make that distinction um, for anybody that's listening and thinking that they want to you know, venture out on their own and be an entrepreneur, mm. media or not. And before we wrap up, I wanted you to kind of speak to the young, um, specifically black entrepreneur who wants to make money, wants to make money now, wants to better their situation. What advice do you have for them and what encouragement can you give to somebody like that? Well, I think that the number one way to be successful is to create something. If you look at all the 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 multi-billionaires and the millionaires, all the all the ones that you've heard of, and you actually think about what they've done, they've always created something. Being a creator is your way to be successful. Look at um, Oprah Winfrey, she created her personality, she created her talk show. Look at Bill Gates, he created Microsoft. Look at, um, who else we can name? Who else? Who do you think? think uh, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs um, created Apple. Yeah, who's the guy that created uh, Microsoft? You said Bill Gates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, look at PayPal, the, Elon Musk. Exactly. Uh, SpaceX, Uber. Uber. Yahoo. <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> yes, you have to create something. You have to use your own creativity, and you have to do something that you really enjoy doing. And I think one of the issues that we have as young black people, we are so sheltered to from we are so sheltered from opportunity and so sheltered from a, a different mindset that it prevents us from being creative. When you only see one lifestyle and only one side of life, if you only see poor poor situations and right. and 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 survival you're like just trying to survive you cannot be creative enough to get to that point so you can't you can't spread your wings you and, your and you wings. don't mean you're not trying to say that black people don't have opportunities you're saying that there's not that many examples set of positive success stories exactly. to where you're making it in a way that you're using your creativity mm-hmm. and you're satisfying you're filling a need. You're creating something out of your own brain. You're not just flipping someone else's product. Exactly. You're not just uh, using your labor to make somebody else rich. Mm-hmm. You're using your mind. Exactly. And what's missing is positive uh, examples of that that have not been perverted by the mainstream media mm-hmm. and not pumped up by some other agenda to control black people's behavior, but to genuinely uplift them. Yes. And that's so, why, and I, I know you're going to hate me for this, that's a, one of the main reasons I say 
that the black culture situation is, is in what it is is because of the rap music. Right. Rap. I, I don't disagree. Mainstream rap music has been cultured to the negativity sure. of... On purpose. On purpose. Like, if you look at all of the top rap artists and where they were at the time of their, well, I don't know, I don't want to say nowadays, but original rap music, like gangster rap music. Sure. They use that to infiltrate our minds to keep us at a level and dumb us down to the point where we didn't see what was really possible possible for us. They We only knew the only way you can be rich is to be a drug dealer and to be a rapper and to be, be a basketball player. Yeah, all yeah. that. There, I guarantee if rap music changed and started talking about the importance of starting your own business, can you... What if what if there was a rapper that rapped about not street gangster stuff, but rapped about how to make it in life? He'd have a YouTube channel, he'd have a few hundred views, and the radios wouldn't mess with Never him. Never play with him. BET yeah. wouldn't mess with him. Ever. And I saw a video on um, Facebook the other day with Ice Cube doing an interview, and he was saying the same thing. You know, rap music started out as a positive alternative to violence, exactly. to conflict. Exactly. Uh, it was creative expression, mm -hmm. okay? And it they started to have uh, a political message mm -hmm. um, of civil rights. It was definitely involved in the pol politicization of the intelligent black male. Exactly. That was a huge part of it. But that aspect was not encouraged. That aspect was not lifted up. The As Cube was saying, the public enemies of the world um, were being put on the back shelf, and then let's say the fifty cents of the world were mm -hmm. being put on the front shelf. On the front shelf, and too. that was definitely done on purpose on by purpose. the music industry, by the industry, by the media channels. Yes. Unfortunately, unfortunately, and, and they did it to dumb us down and to turn us into savages. They really turned the black culture into a savage culture. Or more, you have to play. You have to be tough. You can't let nobody step on you or. Or you, you can't walk across the street and bump into somebody. You have to right. check them. You have to pull your gun out. You have to shoot them. You have to hate, kill, kill, sell drugs, do crime, do right. this. And this is the, the when you play that type of music on a regular basis and feed that to your system and your soul, you become that. But the beat was so hot. The beat was so hot, but they knew that. And I, I don't want to get super religious with you, but w as a Christian, we know that who was the the devil before he was the devil. What was he? He was the an fallen angel. angel the right. fallen angel. But do you know what he was the angel of? I believe he was in charge of like the, the music. He was the angel of music. Yeah. Because music really influences you. Think of Mus the Pied Piper. Music is the only thing that can change your mood instantly. Have you ever heard a song and you just wanted to cry? Oh, yeah. Have you ever heard a song Absolutely. and it made you happy? Have you ever gotten an album of your favorite artist and it was like, I'm going to be happy for this whole week because I'm going to listen to this album and just be happy and joyous and just music can really affect, affect you. you. Yes. And it's the only thing that affects you in that way. To that and degree, sure. To music your core. 
can control your mind and form and mold your mind. I agree. And it will form, it will mold your mind because music is so melodical and music is so hypnotic, hypnotic to your brain that when you add lyrics to it, now your brain is being trained by those lyrics. Absolutely. So, if you look at the communities who are the most violent, and you you got ask them what type of music do they listen to? Sure. I guarantee most of the violent communities, not so much like like violent individuals, but the the cultures. Sure. Like black people aren't violent. It's the the people that listen to the type of violent rap music that turn violent. Right. I think I think it goes hand in hand. <laughs> I think like what you're saying is if you look at a community whether it's a, a neighborhood, whether it's a state, whether it's a race of people, or just people that get together. Like, if you're a, a group of warriors that's about to go into a battle, if you check all of what's on their iPod, it's going to be some really, like you said, gangster hype you up music. Whereas if you, you know, find a group of, let's say, you know, tennis players or golfers or something, it's going to be like some soft classical music, something exactly. to relax you and to make your mind focus that way. So it's it's a tool. It's a yes. powerful tool. And unfortunately, without people's knowing it, it was used against them mm-hmm. and they were consuming it as if it was simply entertainment. Exactly. When it's not. It's not. It's That's deep, that, man. It's something that will change you. That's deep. It will it will it will it can influence you tremendously. Yeah. Music influences people tremendously. I say it's my favorite drug. <clears throat> yeah. It is. <laughs> It is, and 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 it's it's sad that it's been used as a weapon. Yeah, because music wasn't meant to be harmful. Right. Music, I believe, music was meant to, to 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 help you uplift, uplift, and enrich, and get you through some music can get you through some of the hardest times ever. Have you ever heard? Have you ever heard? Like one a song that you haven't heard in years. Oh like yeah, a song that you haven't heard in fifteen years, and then you hear it, and you instantly put your mind back in that time. Yep, it's like that song. Listening to that song, you can visually see where you were at at that time. Oh yes, that same, like nothing else does that to you. It transports you. It smells, but not in not in the like a smell is like a two D memory, mm-hmm. and music is like a three D memory. Exactly. More so than anything else, you know what was in fashion, what I was wearing, who I was with. Yep. I can I can check my calendar of my childhood based on what songs was hot. Exactly. <laughs> and it's funny you always get those flashbacks. You always. Whatever song it is, you be like, oh, I remember when I heard that. I was at this point in my life. Yep. I was doing this, and it's cool. So now nowadays, give me um like from your young adulthood, like high school, and then now. Couple songs that just pop to your mind that y- you would put on to totally change your mood or to make you happy or something like that. Um, Off the top, it doesn't have to be like your favorite of all me, time. Um, you know that Tupac song, "Shed So Many Tears." Yeah, that song and the way the harmonica comes in, like mm-hmm. every time, mm-hmm. it just kills me. Like what? it does. It just kills me. Like, <laughs> you know, it's a Stevie Wonder sample. Oh, I didn't know that. Did you know that? I didn't know. What, I discovered what that original recently. Stevie Wonder song. Is it? Uh, 
and then I can't think the, of the harmonica name of it. goes. Eh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll find it for you. But I, I discovered it accidentally, matter of fact. And I, I hope I'm not making a fool out of myself. I hope I'm right. But I'm 99% sure. I mean, it sounds like just Stevie Wonder because that is. harmonica was stupid. It is. Rest in peace to Afeni Shakur. Yeah, she um, just she passed just, away. She just passed away a couple days ago, and we were sharing memories. Uh, Tupac, he, people think what they want about him. It's sometimes he make people's you know top ten list of entertainers or rappers or actors even, uh, but he did a lot of positive things for young black males for who sure. didn't have. Uh, a role model for sure a strong role model for and i don't sure. i don't mean i don't mean positive in the sense of i'm gonna teach you not to curse and i'm gonna teach you how to be respectful to women i mean how to survive mm. in a world that really in a society that really wasn't meant for you exactly and doesn't cater to you exactly um, a lot of people got strength from his music what? and continue to get strength from what? his music his, as 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 hardcore as people want to think his music was his music was really uplifting. His music was empowering. His music was 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 really like a, a tool guide to how to survive blueprint. And, and and how to become a better African American. And he was teaching people to not not really fight each other, but fight for change. And, and make it better for us in the society we were living in that really wasn't built to help us. To accommodate us. Not at all. Exactly. He he was really laying down game and teaching us how to one day know that we can be better and greater than all of this. He was a multi-dimensional artist, but artist doesn't really do it justice. Uh, he was a visionary. He was, visionary. he was a prophet. He came here to show us what was happening and what might be and what could be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, people don't give him enough due. You know, I hear a lot of people say, oh, he, he yelled a lot. He was violent, you know, but they're not listening. You know, no. they don't, they didn't hear the, the dear mamas. No. They didn't hear the, you know, will I die tonight? Yeah, they, they didn't hear the uh, Brenda's baby. Oh, hold on, hold be on. strong. No. I put that on my little baby boy's Welcome to Earth mix. What? I had that on random when he was coming in the delivery room. Thank you. Baby God. Benjamin Joseph. Shout out. Mm, shout out, little Benji, man. <laughs> yeah. hey, I, I'm going to call him little Benji. I'm not mad at that. I like that. <laughs> but um, I'm so excited to see him develop and get a personality and get the influence of all the positive people in my life. That's what I'm most excited about raising a child because I was most worried about it takes a village, and where's my village? Yeah. But they're coming out in full force. I mean, you drove all the way out here to to meet my son. I had to, man. I had to. I just felt that was that was something that that is a monumental moment in your lifetime, and I just wanted to experience it with you because, man, I know you're gonna be a great father. Wow. And it's just gonna it's gonna be good just seeing him grow up and just seeing you be able to instill everything that you know. Yeah. And all the game that you know and let little man soak it up. <laughs> because he's gonna it's gonna make him ten times better than you were. Yeah. As awesome as you are right now, you're gonna mm. make little man ten times better than you because you're gonna let him know everything that you know. And 
he 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 already changed your life. Oh yeah. He's gonna be able to teach you some things when he gets older. And I'm and I'm open to it. Yeah. I'm ready for it. I'm not. I see the relationship that our generation had with our fathers, mm. and it's not all bad. No. You know, but but you know how you're gonna do yours, yes. and you're gonna do yours on a, 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 a larger scale. I, there, I'm excited for him to be smarter than me. Mm. I look forward to the day that he teaches me something, and I know it's gonna be sooner than I could possibly imagine. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's, there's competition in, in older generations. Like, when your son, you know, oh, well, I could beat you in basketball, or I could beat my dad, I could beat him up in a fight, that physical prowess takes over your psyche like, when can I dominate him? Mm. The The idea of what can I teach him, I don't think most people think that way. Yeah. You know? I hope they do. But I get the feeling that it's, it wasn't like that. Mm-mm. You know? So what What do you have What do you have to say to him? What's your message to him growing up? Man, you got one of the coolest dads in the world, and you already probably know that. But what I want you to do is I want you to be one of the most creative, innovative, out of the box persons ever. And I want you to be even more creative than your father because your father is pretty creative. He's creating stuff all the time. So I just want to see, I'm really going to be amazed when you grow up to see what level of your how how the level of your creativity is gonna work out because you have a lot going on for you already and you he doesn't even know how crazy like your dad <laughs> just does so much so much in like so many different things from from video production to podcast to 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 everything so it's like it, you it, I can't wait express can't wait. yourself so, don't be afraid to express yourself yeah so. Little Benji, man, can't wait, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. I appreciate you doing this. Sure. Um, how can people reach you on, on social media? Give, give us your websites one more time. Well, you can go to futuremedia.com, F-U-T-R-A-M-E-D-I-A.com. You can find us on Instagram, Future Media, same thing. Um, Facebook, Future Media. Just Google Future Media. Yeah, use your Google box. Yeah, yeah you, you. You see some stuff. You see a little, 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 little something, something for the kids. <laughs> and, if, and if you want to learn how to uh, use YouTube and Google, if you want to learn how to create media, um, you know, we're happy to be a resource to you. So reach out and um, don't stop creating, man. Love you, bro. Love you too, man. Appreciate you. Nobody wants to try. Look, colder than you ever been. But broker than I ever was That's why I keep the medicine The butt is like my better butt I remember back starting rap OG homie in the hood saying Lil nigga you better buzz Shit, my mama living in the cloud house 
I'm just hoping she can hear her baby's loud mouth Not neglected, but I'm still feeling affected To death, cause the way she left was still so unexpected What's next? I can't just say that I believed in heaven at the time Cause at the time I was so young and reckless I bet that I'd catch an L, nigga Burning in hell and turning for what I'd sell, nigga I'd say it's life and burn me another L, nigga She was my heart and now I'm just like a shell, nigga And so I'm gone, yeah, I'm gone till I'm on Telling you I'm gone, yeah, I'm gone till I'm on When you just think that can't nothing go right, that's when you wrong When you just think that can't nothing go right, that's when you wrong I swear I put my motherfucking life up in these songs And never put my pipe inside a girl unless she's strong strong, Black and beautiful, that's unusual, I know But I went to school with every type of hoe, type of hoe So I'm off it, trying to get out these streets And trying to get in that office Trying to get me some cash, my house is really a closet Trying to earn my respect, a lot of niggas Niggas it bought it, tryna show y'all I'm sick, a lot of people ain't caught it. I really need a car, cause this lady that I'm in love with Really loves me for me, but she thinks I could be above it Thinks that I could do better, and I would surely agree That I ain't doing too much, but I think that I could do three I think that I could do four, and I think that I could do more I know that I'll know the Lord before I creep in the door I hope I sleep in Dior before I sleep in the floor Fuck, everything is money Money, but when you ain't making none of it, then ain't nothing that's funny. Fuck, so these are like your dark days, brother. Huh? Well, you ain't making parquet butter. Now, when you chasing the wind, when you breaking, you bend. Say what gotta be good, or it's Satan and sin. You ain't gotta be hood, don't be faking for them. I came out of the hood, I ain't taking it in, but I'm taking my zone. My whole city, I mean it. I see Cali in peace, you say I'm silly, I'm dreaming. I see valleys and beach, you say I'm silly, I'm dreaming. Quarterback in this rap, the captain, I'm Willie, I'm beaming. Now, like, really, I'm beaming. Fuck your sill in the sky. It's a spot where my sheep asleep when I'm feeling I'm fly. Fuck your box, all my circles meet when I chill and get high. Fuck your hype, all my urkels geek when I finally arrive. Huh, huh, I finally arrive. I know I'm great, but I'll be here when you finally decide. Yeah, I'm just trying to move vertical. Focus time, that's why I'm thinking convertible. Open mind. My little, my little brother was messing with me. He was like, if he was in high school at the time and I had graduated college, he was like, if, if iPods had been invented when you were in high school, do you think that mom and dad would have let you have one? And he was asking me a genuine question. But I was like low-key offended. I was like, what do you mean if iPods had been, you say I'm old? <laughs> like, but it's true. iPods were not invented. <laughs> not at all. And cell phones were not prolific. You they know were. what was going on when, when we were growing up? Do you remember the Motorola two-way pagers? Oh, yeah. That was the first form of the text message. Do yeah. you remember that? That was like the... I remember I, when it wasn't unlimited data. I remember when you had to pay like nineteen ninety nine a month for 250 messages. Minute, yeah, minutes and, and messages. Yeah. And, and on, on a Motorola two-way pager, you could text people, yeah. but... Every time you would send a text, it would count as one. And if you received a text, it was one. Right. So if you had 250 messages for 19.99 a month, then you would only really be able to text somebody 125 times if they replied back. So Sometimes, you better reply and ask a question at the same damn time. Exactly. <laughs> Talk is cheap, motherfucker. You used to text people, don't text back. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm coming here, don't text back. 